Wonderful. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back for the second episode of The Prime Subjective, a Star Trek podcast. Uh, we're so uh, happy you've joined us again. We, we have one million listeners already after having just had one episode. It's really incredible the numbers we've done. Um, and I think it's that, just you uh, pressing the refresh button just, over and over again. <laughs> I did listen four times. I did listen just, four times. So four of those are me. Uh, me, me, like playing it for my mom, being like, "Can you believe how cool this is?" They said my name. It's neat. And by they, I mean me. I said my own name. It's really, it's really good. But with me, as always, is our wonderful panel. We've got uh, Mike Henley. Hello, everyone. We've got Carrie Hinners. Hello, hello, hello. And we've got Jay Nim. How y'all doing this week, guys? I am good, and I will not I'm speak for great. everyone else. Oh yeah, excellent. I, I, I want Jay to speak for the entire group. Um, mm -hmm. I think that would Please. be important. Mm -hmm. And I'm kidding. But what I, what I will do <laughs> is I want to do my, my um, as I was saying to my, my friends today, uh, I want to do this first segment where I check in with everybody. I'm going to call it How Y'all Doing? Because I am yeah. a simple person with simple thoughts. So, Jay, how how you doing? I'm, I'm good. Been restarted my journey through Discovery. I'm, I'm sorry for any... Um, for anybody who had faith in me listening to this podcast, but I've not in fact, fact watched all of Discovery. Um, but as of today, I am at season two, episode five, and then I also watched the new episode of season four. So, so you probably have some questions <laughs> about what's happening in the interim. You know, not really. No, okay. <laughs> which is which kind of surprised me. It's kind of like, yeah, I think I get it. Uh, <laughs> I don't well, know. We, will, we will help fill in the gaps in what, however non-spoilery way we can do it, although sure. that might mm -hmm. be tough, but we'll do um, our best. I that, feel like this is a show that doesn't leave a lot unsaid unless it's something scientific. Yeah. <laughs> Which <laughs> it's just do, kind of made up anyway. <laughs> so. I could do a quick recap of the seasons, like sum up each season in one, I, one thing. I, I also did look up a recap. Um, oh, so okay. you, so you okay, know good. That. Okay, yeah, okay. Which, which, which I have to thank Carrie for. Do we need? I mean, should we should we help our viewers out? Do well, why don't we do that recap? recap? Absolutely but, but, but not. Before Carrie, Carrie, before we do that, I need to know how, how you doing. Oh, I'm doing great. I'm doing so fine. I uh, want to give a shout out to my mother, um, because my mother. I shared the podcast with my mother. Hi, Janice. Um, big ups to Janice. Hi, one Janice. Um, she's a big, big William Shatner fan. Okay, she loves William Shatner. I kind of, at some point, kind of like see William Shatner as like another father figure for me. Like that's how much she loves William Shatner. Mm. And uh, like, uh, you know, like it's like another, like, you know what? Like, hey dad. There's a lot going on with that. That's my dad, that's my dad, William Shatner. Um, <clears throat> um, but this, I digress. That's not what I was saying. How, how does your dad feel about that comparison? Yeah, but, uh, I was gonna ask. Know. He doesn't know, but I guess he knows now if he's, he's listening. He's going to know if he listens, yeah. Um, I, uh, she was like, how long is it when I showed her the podcast? She's like, how long is it? And I'm like, an hour. And she goes, I don't like Discovery. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> so. Oh. <laughs> oh. I just want to listen to it. She did just, listen to it, Okay, though. good. She did. Good, yeah. good. I, I just want to say I'm uh, – that, that that I'm not I'm not I'm not trying to make fun of your mother at all or anything like that whatsoever. No, absolutely not. But I will say, as like a creative person, sometimes there's nothing more dispiriting than when you try to have someone listen to something you made and their first thought is just oh, like, yeah. "How long is it?" Yeah. 
Well, it's like, it's the same thing as trying to sell somebody on coming to your improv show. Just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's still like, just I mean, me. It's like me and five people, and like we just you know know what's gonna happen, and like yeah, it's, it's really cool. Oh. There's and, no script, and then we just get a suggestion, <laughs> and uh, that's about it. And so, then we said, but you yeah. can bring your own booze and drink than the actual. <laughs> that's that's the selling point. And and then they're like, is parking free? And then right. you're like, well, mm. probably not. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh -huh. with a podcast, just do the nice thing and listen to 15 minutes, no matter how long it is. She listened lie. to it. She listened to it, and she will listen to this episode. I don't know if she's gonna actually watch Discovery along with it, but okay. mm. she mm. will be listening. And I guess that's my that's my how y'all doing. That's good. Yeah, I yeah. Love, well, that, that's great. How are you doing? Thank you, Janice. We love you, and we thank you mm -hmm. for listening. I yes. Mean, uh, Mike Henley. Mike Henley, how are you doing? Well, first of all, I want to apologize to Janice because I still feel like my previous apology didn't go <laughs> no. far enough. And um, <laughs> he's laughing. Episode right now. first official episode, and we're already insulting the listeners. This is just not good. This is no good. Um, <laughs> no, I'm 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 doing well, honestly. Like this, um, I. Uh, I, I haven't told the, the audience this, but uh, this podcast is coming at a really interesting time for me. Um, well, I guess it's up to you whether it's actually interesting. I don't know. I don't, uh, it's not my call. Um, oh, but... Mike. <laughs> Come on, Mike. <laughs> don't do yourself but like that. My, my girlfriend and I are watching Next Gen, me for like the zillionth time, she for pretty much the first time. Wow. Um, and we're kind of doing like – I cherry-picked like selected episodes because mm -hmm. there are several episodes in the first couple seasons where it's just like oh we can't we, we can't do it. <laughs> yeah. um no i know i want i want you to want to watch did the she, show did she we, dip out when tasha yar and data had sex was she like i just can't i <laughs> i you know it's funny actually because we didn't watch that episode um because that's the one where they all get like the you yeah, know, sex, they, they sex, all get sex flu yeah. or whatever. Yeah, this is a, exactly. <laughs> sex flu, basically, where I was basically mm -hmm. just like, ah, this is not my favorite episode at all. I want you to want to watch this show and this episode would not help. But I yeah. YouTube that clip to show her because <laughs> I would be like, and, because, and then I was just like, and you would think that this doesn't get brought up again. You would think this would be a thing where it's just like, well, that was that was weird. We're not going to bring that up again. No, we're going to keep bringing it up. <laughs> they bring it up. They bring it up a surprising they amount. And, and in the movie. They bring it up in first time. In the movie, exactly. He just yes. loves Tasha Yar, man. Yeah, yeah. Who doesn't? She's connection. a Happy 25th anniversary to today, the date we're recording, November 22nd, to Star Trek First Contact, by the way. Oh, oh anniversary. No. 25 yeah. years since that movie came oh, out? Sorry, yep. do, you ha do you have this in your calendar, Mike? Or is there a I... service that gives you <laughs> <laughs> I saw one of one of my friends put it up on Facebook earlier uh, today. I was so, like, ooh, that's a good so trivia point. <laughs> so, Mike, you're in exclusive circles is what I'm hearing. It's not that I'm a delinquent Star Trek fan. <laughs> yeah, it's well, it's one of... That's so funny to me because I have such vivid memories of sitting in the theater watching that movie and seeing all the actors' names go across the screen and me at age, so how old was I 25 years ago? I was in my teens and I literally said to myself, hello, old friends. <laughs> I have a very vivid memory of that. Hello, old friends. And that is very sad and funny. Uh, and there my you friends. go. So I guess that's how I'm doing is uh, I'm doing yeah, uh, happy to doing? see old friends. Yes. Carrie, I was wondering, would you spearhead uh, Trek in the News for us today? What's going on with Star Trek yeah, in the News? Yeah, I mean, so the thing the thing about Trek in the News is that it, it is just dominating the news cycle is <laughs> how Netflix, uh, how, how uh, uh, CBS, Viacom, has taken all of their Star Trek offerings and moved them over to Paramount+. Plus. Behind so you paywall. cannot find... Mm -hmm. 
net uh, anything on Netflix anymore. And for us in the United States, we're like, okay, well, that's kind of how we've been watching Star Trek for a while, but I've been watching it on Amazon Prime, I've been watching it on Netflix. So you have to have a, a separate Paramount Plus subscription to watch Star Trek moving forward. And that's not just the new shows, that's the old shows too. Everything is gonna be on Paramount Plus. So a lot mm -hmm. of people are a little upset and especially people in the UK and internationally um, because they have to wait longer to watch the new season. So Discovery isn't premiering overseas until uh, sometime in February, 2022. Wow. So that's insane. And, yeah, and, right? And the yeah, and the really lame thing about it too is, uh, Carrie, correct me if I'm wrong here, but I, they only announced it a couple days before this episode aired. That yes. Oh, by the mm -hmm. way, UK viewers, no, you don't get to yeah. watch it on yeah. November 18th. You do or 16th. You just don't. Um, not until next year, which is. And a lot of the actors yeah. uh, were tweeting. They were like disappointed, like, "Oh my god, I'm so sorry." Right? Yeah. 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 What even? What even is the rationale for that? Well, I think the rationale is they that big companies are noticing how the shift of how people are watching shows nowadays. And how, but more more than that, how successful Netflix is with streaming and Netflix's uh, original pro programming and their produced shows. Right. So they're trying yeah. to take that money back. No, sorry, I, I, money for themselves. I was specifically thinking about the delayed release dates in yeah. different geographic right. regions. Like it made sense for like it used to happen for video games because they needed like a test drive to see how many units to make for like a bigger release. And that's why like Nintendo games would release in Japan before the United States. Mm -hmm. But for- I think, I think internationally, I think that these shows, they were watching them on Netflix. I yes. think that they were watching Discovery on Netflix. Yeah. Uh, previously. So like licensing deals that are in the way then. So I think Paramount on. Plus does not exist internationally yet. And that's the oh. thing. It used to be, so it was on Netflix internationally and now as like a point of pride thing or whatever, they're basically saying, no, it belongs on Paramount Plus. Well, we're not, well, we won't have Paramount Plus ready for international markets until 2022. Well, that's too bad. You know, like that's yeah. what they're doing because they just don't want to work with Netflix anymore because, you know, yeah. why should we? But, you know, videos for, for you.net will have it. So, there yeah, you go. I was about to say yep. it's going to be a lot of VPNs purchased in the UK. Yep. Yep. Yeah, it's going to be exclusively exclusive on Paramount Plus. You can't get it anywhere else. Well, <clears throat> well, so, thank you, thank you, Carrie, yeah. for bringing this very important Trek in the News yeah. update to us. And I thought the episode, uh, not to immediately pivot turn into talking about it, but I thought it was mm -hmm. great. I thought it was mm -hmm. awesome. Hundred percent, hundred percent, with you, hundred percent. My hands are in the air. 100%. I had fun with it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was fun. It, it was fun. Yeah. Any like broad, broad, uh, broad swath, you know, first thoughts come to anybody? Oh, Jay, you go first. Nah, you sure? I'd like to point out. <laughs> oh, like no, I'm to, sorry. I, sorry, I, like I didn't mean to point out that spot. I just, is... it, it sounded like you had something, but if you, if you know, I, I did, I did. Okay, it's not, okay yeah, go, go for it. Yeah. It's very, it's very, no, just like the very beginning shot of, you know, the, of the bridge and then like camera zooms from the spaceship down to the flora and fauna where you get the shot of those like cocoons on the mm -hmm. planet and then to like a negotiation that's going poorly in a comedic way mm -hmm. that felt like straight i felt like i was watching a new star wars movie hmm. uh, i don't say that with star any trek judgment movie or a star trek movie that has happened in star trek <laughs> movies as well in the jj abrams ones 
Yeah, actually, yeah. They're yeah. running off a cliff. Yeah, it's a lot in J.J. Abrams I, movies. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's funny because, I mean, that scene actually did remind me of that opening of yeah. was it Into me Darkness, too. I Into think. Darkness, where it, yeah, yeah, where I, it, I saw that as well. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Not in a bad way, but it was very exciting. And then suddenly we get to a negotiation. And and part of what, what made that comparison come to life for me was the fact that um, Book essentially functioned like Han Solo in that scene. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, it did have yeah. that feeling of Very like strong people Han Solo who maybe vibes. shouldn't be like somebody who shouldn't maybe be doing like negotiations, doing negotiations. Yeah. And guy who's talk and he and he's talking about how it's going wrong as it's going on. Like that's a very odd sort of thing. <laughs> but it's not going not going well because of something he did. Like that's a very odd sort of thing. Because of I his cat, Felix cat. It was funny. It was funny. Yeah. <laughs> Carrie, any any first broad? broad yeah, I have some thoughts now that you're saying this. I'm realizing that this episode has a lot of really strong. Uh, references to previous Star Treks, like mm. movies. That, I mean, the, the Kobayashi mm. Maru, like, yeah. is the sure. name of it. Um, there were some points where I was thinking, like, oh, this character is acting like a lot like this other character. Like, the, it was a very much like, all right, Star Trek audience, let us let me give you what you want. This is yeah. what you this is what you want. Um, but actually. Start of season four, the, the thing that I was thinking about the most that jumps out at me is that it feels like, oh, this is the beginning of the series. And the other yeah. three seasons mm -hmm. were just like the prequel leading mm -hmm. up to this, like what you need to know. But like, OK, now we can start because mm -hmm. this is what happened in all our backstory and yeah. this is how we got here yeah. and now we're going to deal with this. So I like that they're I like that they're so far in the future that the rules have changed. Mm -hmm. And Burnham um, can be happy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. That was the other thing. That was my thought. My my broad thought is like you. I've seen her this smile this much the entire series. Yeah. You know? mm -hmm. And the, the minute mm -hmm. they were smiling, having such a good time, I was just like, something bad's gonna happen. Yeah. Something I like the uniforms bad. a lot too. I love the uniforms. I think the uniforms are really cool. Yeah. I do yeah. the uniforms. You know, Carrie, that's a really good point, especially because like my first thought when watching this episode was like it's a very different season premiere for them if only because like mm -hmm. oh this is the first time they haven't picked a season premiere to kind of reboot the show kind of in a way mm -hmm. because you have the first season and then you have the second season which is very much um you know jay has gotten this far at this point so i, I think it's fine to mention that uh, <laughs> you know that and then and then pike shows up and then spock yeah. becomes like a much much bigger thing and like and all yeah. that kind of stuff yeah. and like and we're swapping out crew members and all that kind of stuff and season three this past season obviously there was a huge reboot there you know mm -hmm. uh, um and 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 this one is the first one where it's basically just like no no we're we're we're, we're sticking with this like and yeah. i appreciate like that three months later like yeah. <laughs> and they're trying to go back to the original like the the structure of you know what start the starfleet and the federation is all about yes oh. yeah so trying to also make that show have that similar structure too yeah yeah i really appreciated maybe i'm jumping ahead of things but i really appreciated seeing some kind of leash on burnham i'm sure mm -hmm. that burnham is a very um is a character that can be read a lot of different ways is how i'll put mm -hmm. it mm -hmm. um and it was nice to see someone say, hey, you're a bit reckless. <laughs> and, yeah. yeah. Which, well, that which... felt very Kirk to me. That felt very like, you know. Yeah, that's the, what the... I was thinking before. Like, that, she reminds me a lot of Kirk. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. The only thing I 100% I, I agree. The only thing I didn't like w about it was doing it on the bridge because that felt like yeah. really, that, 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 that felt uncomfortable to me in a way of just like, well, if, 
if I was Burnham, this would make me just not listen to it, you know? I've seen that in other Star Trek episodes before, and I can't pinpoint to one direct exactly, but like, Mm -hmm. you know, the captain has some, their supervisor watching, and they're standing Mm -hmm. on the bridge, and they're questioning them, and I've seen that before. They're getting peer reviewed on the bridge. Or like some some kind of diplomat who's like, you know, you know. Captain, you know, I, yeah, exactly. (laughs) I, you know, supersede you when it comes to diplomatic stuff. So you're screwing up, you know. I mean, Vulcans, am I right? Jeez. Well, I mean, that's like almost their entire purpose in the whole series is to be like, well, logically, that's totally stupid, you idiot. Yeah. (laughs) We wouldn't say it that way, but. But but there was something about like I feel like we're supposed to take the Federation president character very seriously, and they're and. Oh, they're, yeah. por- they're portrayed as this extremely savvy, oh. like, oh, I've been flying freighter ships for my father this whole time. Yeah. And that clearly I'm like a, I like that a lot. And then mm-hmm. I wish, that, but I just wish they were more subtle in in the politicking that they were doing and yeah. in the was, relationships yeah. they were building. It was strong. I agree. It was some strong, uh, strong handed uh, politicking. I think that character is really cool. And I was reading about her. So she's Bajoran and Cardassian. And And I think this is what I was getting so excited to talk about. Like, I'm so excited to talk about the president of the Federation right now. Like, I'm getting like, can we talk about this? Ladies and gentlemen, we have our first t-shirt. It's it's going to be, I'm so excited to talk about the president of the Federation. That's what we're going to call it. But wait, but, but did we want to go with Chris? Yeah. Do you want to just jump around? Yeah, why, do we, we why don't we see if we can talk through the plot? I did not yeah. really write it down, so I'm going to try to piece it together from my um, my Swiss cheese memory. Right. So I kind of wrote it down. Yeah. Oh, you did? We can do it together. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah, okay. yeah okay. We, can, like, we got papers. Look, words. Oh, we, got, we got papers. Yeah. 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 I, 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 wrote down, I wrote down, you'll see on my paper, it says talk through plot. So I also wrote it down. <laughs> <laughs> not quite as in depth as what you've done. Um, I got by on charisma in high school and not on hard work. Um, <laughs> so yes, at the beginning, at the beginning of this episode, we see we find Book and Burnham in this, uh, you know, this face-off with butterfly people. I don't know what to call them. I don't know what. The, what do we do? We know what the race is called. I didn't catch their name, catch their name either. Name. If it was said, it was said very quickly. I didn't catch yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. They were terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, you're gonna get murdered by some butterflies that are like really coming. But kind of cool. I love when they have the like uh, difficulty, difficulty in translation, and mm-hmm. and uh, difficulty mm-hmm. in the you know understanding. It, it's a it's a good it's good to show. I think that yeah. not everything mm-hmm. goes mm-hmm. so smoothly. Yeah, yeah. It was fun. Yep. It was fun. Yeah. Uh, and and they bring up grudge, which as a cat owner, I always appreciate when you know something dramatizes the idea that uh, having being cat owner can sometimes really mess up your work day. I really appreciated yeah. that. Sure, sure, sure. I mean, because I you, don't know. You what experience you... that on the regular is what you're saying. Oh, quite a bit. Yes. Yeah, yeah. What are your fan theories about the cat? Because they sort of allude to the cat being more than what it is. Like the well, people, it, feels, well, it does feel very Marvel Comics for that cat to be. Yeah. You know, maybe an yeah. alien inside, like a different. Yeah, kind there's of alien something cat. more to that cat. I think I wouldn't be. That surprised. cat is actually Waxana Troy um, reincarnated. <laughs> I love that Waxana Troy. Is the holder of the Troy Chalice character of so much. <laughs> <laughs> I always. In the car. I, I never came up with a theory. I always took the cat stuff as basically just, you know, the book always calls her a queen. I'm just like, well, every cat thinks they're a king or queen. I mean, so. well, what I was thinking, my my uh, sort of theory ish, is there is the race of the cat 
people like Cadians or something like uh, that. Yeah, but they mostly yeah, show yeah. up in the cartoons. They mostly mm-hmm. they're on lower decks and they show up on the original series cartoon because mm-hmm. they're cat people. You know, they're cats. So I'm wondering if she has any sort of oh, and there's one in Prodigy uh, connection. as well. There's an adorable oh, there's one yes. in oh, there's a cat person oh, in Prodigy. God. So they oh, show up so mostly cute. in the cartoons for that reason, but. Um, I'm wondering, I'm wondering if could there's be. something could there. Be. There's something there. Is yeah. there something there? <laughs> and when are they going to... Oh, I was going to wonder, and when are they going to commandeer the ship to go take over their parallel universe? <laughs> yeah, the Mirror Cat uh-huh. universe. The Mirror Cat universe. Just made of yarn. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> They're really <laughs> spinning a thread here. <laughs> but to, just to put a tie little, tie little yarn bow on this scene... Um, they they go through a little chase and because the negotiations go poorly they go through a little chase through these beautiful you know uh, uh, lit woods and then at the end they still give them dilithium to show that they, they, it's not yeah. a transactional thing that the federation is trying to um, spread all the resources and, and make repair connections. its repair yeah. its uh, reputation yeah. I love the chase scene and I love yeah. the cliff scene the one I like the line why is there always a cliff Right. Because it's funny. <laughs> because there is always a cliff and they're always yeah. they're always falling off cliffs. It's it happens a lot on Star Trek. I wish yeah. there was a montage of people jumping off cliffs in Star Trek. I do like that <laughs> so, them being that far in the future makes it so much easier to just solve solve so many different like physical problems with technology. Yeah. Like we'll get the little one. No, we'll get the big thing. And now we're gonna jump on that. And then like that just appears out of nowhere. And I'm like, it's it's a good <laughs> I'm I'm still not used to even as one season in, I'm still not used to how the futuristic uh, transporters, how quickly they operate oh, now. Where it's been, yeah. you're there. It's like, whoa, okay. I miss the, I miss the swirling around. <laughs> Watching this episode as you know, as as we're kind of you know partnering it with next gen episode is such a weird, <clears throat> not you know not off putting weird, but I guess a little bit off putting, <clears throat> and like kind of a fun way because like next generation those episodes are always so like very very stately you know and very much just like there's way more money going out the door every week for this show than there was for next gen like on a week-to-week basis you know oh, not that sure. next gen didn't look great it's just that it was a show that was made 30 years ago yeah and, and like, like we were saying next gen had like 50 episodes yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly exactly and, like we got like 10 11 episodes so. and so when you watch so many of them like i did as a kid you get this sixth sense for like how star trek operates mm. you know and then, and then every once in a while, a movie would come out, and like your your sixth sense would basically go like, "Oh, this is different. Oh, they had like more money this week. We're gonna yeah. do a crazy chase sequence, stuff like this." Yeah. <clears throat> and now this is something you actually get on the show to like open up a season premiere, where it's like this wild and crazy um, chase sequence that's filled with special effects, and we're on this crazy alien planet, and you're just like, mm-hmm. "Oh my god!" Twelve year old me would be having a conniption right now. Yeah. Like this <laughs> is too much. I can't yeah. deal with this. It was like yeah. a movie. It was like watching yeah. a movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cinematic. Like, forget pairing it with Next Generation. Pairing it with season one and two Discovery was weird for me. Yeah. <laughs> because it kind yeah. of. I, I don't know if you. I, I don't know if you remember a day in school when like something bad happened and the teachers had to try and act like things were okay, <laughs> but you knew it was off. That's kind of what it felt like. Yeah. Why is everyone smiling and happy? <laughs> Not quite right. Something else that I considered is that this is the season four of this show if we think about the season fours of other star trek shows like that is that starting to get good like seasons one sure. and three they're, they're of like the, so they're sure, just sure, they're yeah. like the next generation deep space nine uh, voyager it's like 
season four, that's when it really starts. People start really liking that season. Four, you know, season four, that's when uh, Seven of Nine came in yeah, on Voyager. I knew, I knew so we're like, okay. That. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So it's like. Oh, poor Jerry Ryan in that suit they made her wear. She could barely move. Uh, I know. I know. Yeah, she did a good job, though. She was yeah. great. Yeah. But yeah, so this is the se- this is the season four magic that we're watching right now. <laughs> um, so the next scene we come to, they are uh, correct me if I'm wrong. They, they're the reopening of Starfleet Academy, and we've got the the president of the Federation. If I'm skipping anything, or is uh, that before that, isn't there a scene on the Kelpian world? Oh yes, yeah. that's exactly right. Yeah, we see yep. Saru and um, uh, Sukal. I think is the name of. of I've uh, got receipts, Chris. I know when you skip know. something with please, the please, please keep me. Because <laughs> yeah. once again, I'm shooting. I'm, I'm you know I've got no seatbelt on. The windows are open. The mm-hmm. roof is open. I'm driving the car very that's recklessly. Nice. I mean, that's the most fun way to drive. I'm sorry, so what? Jay, you what? already Jay, you already know about the Kelpians, right? You know the whole deal with the Kelpians. You got through that. And the burn. Part. Yeah, the Kelpians are like just very afraid all the time. They're always going to mm. answer if you ask them a question. They're always going to choose the most, the more cautious answer. They're very afraid. And well, but not, but not this time. like this this thousand years in the future Kelpians. They seem to be living at peace with their former yeah. um, enslavers. Yeah. Yeah. But they're still uh, answering as if they're like scared. Like they're just, they still have that inside of them there. And I do like that they're showing that they are at peace with those people. That's really cool. Do you guys, let me ask you a question. Let me ask you guys a question. All three of you guys. Do you remember, you remember with Tasha Yar? We were talking about Tasha Yar. We love Tasha Yar. Sure. She was killed by Armis and Skin of Evil on the next generation. (laughs) Yes. And do you think that this is what I think, and I strongly believe this, but I haven't confirmed it yet. I think they're the same race as Armis from Skin of Evil because when they premiered on discovery the first time and how they came up out of this black ooze i'm like oh these are the people that abandoned armis on this other planet oh like, and these, that's why it's an interesting them interesting. They, i think they're the same i think they're yeah. the same and armis is all the fear and hatred that they yeah. left behind yeah, yeah. all the dark that's what to I think. newer beings yeah wow. that's, that's what a... i truly truly think that's not a bad theory. I That's like a great that. theory. Yeah. I believe in that stronger than I believe in religion and God. <laughs> well, I mean, does God know this? Does God know this? No. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I will, I will, I will believe this. I don't feel like there's a whole lot of like, I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like folks who love sci-fi and Star Trek are not like devout Mormons. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like it's quite fit in. <laughs> Hey, well, there's, there's room. Like, there's uh, room for you, devout Mormons. Yeah, no, there is. There is, there is. I'm not trying yeah, to alienate yeah. anyone. I'm just saying, mm-hmm. it, you know, there can be. Um, someone did say to me they were not going to watch Marvel's The Eternals because it um, disagreed with the physics of the Bible. Yeah. Um, oh, this person wow. had watched all the other Marvel movies, and I was like, "Do you think yeah. those movies don't disagree with the physics of the Bible?" I wait, it's all. Wait, the, the Bible has religion. physics in it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And, Weird and the Bible. It was we all know the verses. Mm. This person's 11 um, years old. It's not a big deal. It's okay. Uh, okay. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, Star Trek has very religious like undertones, though. So I, I sure. try to bring it up sometimes, yeah. and I think about that because <clears throat> even at the end of the episode, you get like, okay, what is the what is the the, the meaning behind this episode? Mm-hmm. What is the discussion topic? Like, how could, yeah. what how have we grown? What can we learn? What is the moral of the story? You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. So, that's very true. Anyway, Armis, skin of yeah, evil, Baul, Kelpians. 
I should, was yeah, Baul yeah, Kelpian together. They're speaking on common R, and uh, <clears throat> wait, wait, we should have yes. like a like a bell that rings when someone comes up with a fan theory, like a ding, 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 like Ooh, fan like theory alert. I like that. Okay, well, just for okay. now, I'll just go. Boop. Wait, is, that, is that not good? Is that a weird one? I like I've it. I've already no, shared like two Sorry. fan yeah. theories with you. I've already yeah. shared two, so. Uh, but can we get another back? one, Chris? Hopefully. Boop. Okay. So now, hopefully now that the dog gets that I'm edited. sitting who's in a crate downstairs is gonna lose his mind because I just made that really high pitch. <laughs> Sorry, Momo. Yeah. Aww. Maybe we can edit that in later. Yeah, we'll 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 just do some some slicing and dicing. We'll make it yeah. happen. Does does uh, someone who wrote down the plot want to say what happens next? Well, no. I I had a quick question actually before we yes, proceeded. Uh, I I have a question for. Um, I was actually really surprised and 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 happy to see uh, Saru because the way we ended on season yeah. three almost made me go, "Is Doug Jones leaving the show? He can't yeah. do that. Mm -hmm. He's like maybe the best actor on the show." Mm -hmm. So the fact that they had the wherewithal to keep him and keep him in the story, even though he's not directly connected again, I'm presuming he will at some point. Well, they made it very very much seem like he's about to just return to the exactly yeah to be yeah. with them yeah and yeah. and I was very happy to see Captain. That. I didn't love him as captain, but I am happy to have sure. him. <laughs> mm -hmm. But I think the president of the Federation would prefer him because he's he's not a pendulum that's acting like a wrecking ball. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. uh, as she said to Burnham, which I thought was a very uh, mm -hmm. interesting phrase. It's a good line. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and they are opening a new space station, the Archer Space Station, the which Archer is for space station. For uh -huh. Archer. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It is. Yeah. It is. Uh, so Archer and Space I, Dock, right? Archer Space Doc, yeah. I'm sorry, yeah, yeah you're right. Um, uh, and I thought this was actually really cool. I'm sorry, really I don't cool. want to be one of those nitpicky. No, no, you're <laughs> right. No, no, especially. Why am I doing this? Especially because we actually okay, go honey, to a you're space on a Star Trek station. podcast. You yeah, are, no. you're, you're already there. You're there. No, but I'm not. I'm not like the other Star Trek <laughs> podcast hosts, Chris. <laughs> Um, since we go to a I space station later, anyway, no, that distinction is important. Um, yeah, that's that. true. I don't um, think it is. Uh, <laughs> I'm giving you an out. Um, I don't deserve it. Sorry, but I do want to talk like. about. I do want to talk about how much I love the the president of the Federation, yeah. president mm -hmm. of the Federation fan mm -hmm. club, being Cardassian, Bajoran, and human. To me, is so like what a good choice to make the president of the Federation in the future that those those um, alien races together because that kind of gives like a happy ending to um, uh, uh, Deep Space Nine in a way. Like yeah, what happened, yeah. what mm -hmm. happened after, you know, I don't want to spoil it for uh, mm -hmm. Chris, what happened after the last episode of Deep Space Nine? Yeah. Like did oh, they, yeah. will they, won't they? And they did apparently, they got together. It's oh, such wait, a... I need to watch it. I'll catch up on my own. <laughs> it's such a. It's a. It's a. I feel like the word "they" is doing a lot of heavy lifting in that. Uh, in in in. Yeah, in what I was Harry trying to so describe so it without so describing it. Like, Kieran Reese like, and yeah. and that clearly gay Cardassian who always yeah. yes. <laughs> Sorry. No, no, no. It's, Love it's, Garrick it's, so much. What I that what I mean amazing. is that the Garrick. Yeah, it was it's Kieran Reese and Garrick is is their ancestors. Quick tangent. Uh, no, what I mean is that the Bajorans did not ever enter the Federation, and there was a lot of fighting. Mm, there was a yeah. there was a war and everything. Blah 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 oh. blah. But they were able to find peace. Is what yeah. I mean. That's why I thought that was a really great choice. That's true. Uh, I agree. 
quick tangent. There is a somebody wrote a play for Bashir's actor and Garrick's actor. Oh yeah. Um, after after the events of Deep Space Nine, yes. that that revels in the homosexuality of that relationship. Yes. Without any of the '90s so era censoring. Uh, it's called like Little Little Memories or something. Like that. I can look it up. Okay. No, I'm writing. It, I'm writing that one down. That is gonna be. <laughs> Be very it's different so than good. the Deep Space Nine stories I read on nifty.org. Don't look that up. Don't go there unless you're an adult. Or Just... fanfiction.net. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. That's very oh, funny. But, but yeah, the president gives a really great sheet. That, I think that actress, too, her, her name, which I was just looking at, let me pull it up again, is, because we want to give shout-outs to when people do well. Mm-hmm. Um, her name is Chella Horsdahl. She's, and she's like kind of like done a lot of sci-fi stuff. She was in... Um, the Man in the High Castle, Stargate SG One, Alien okay. vs Predator, Requiem, oh. Rise of the Planet of the oh. Apes. Shit. I'm oh hey, man. okay, yeah. All oh, right. Hi, yeah, all, right. Cool. all right, all right, all right. Just, <laughs> one more thing about the, uh, one more thing about the. I I, I love that too because that's such a very Star Trek moment, especially because like if you go back, and it's tough to because the chronology is always so tangled when you go back to the beginning. But like one of the big things that pops right away, having just rewatched it, the beginning of Next Generation is basically just like, oh, there's a Klingon on the bridge. Oh, like we we yes. made peace with the Klingons at some point because that wasn't canon, you know, at the time. They they made a movie later that actually talked about that but in the meantime in you know if you're just watching it when it comes out you're just like oh, oh okay apparently we've been nice to the clans and i love that kind of background detail of basically just like yep there's a you know uh bajoran cardassian you know human uh you know uh mm. person in charge of starfleet yep deal with it you know i love that, that, that that's great you know and you can tell that it's her cardassian lineage that's making her uh, thirsty for power yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Chris, I thought we'd move past species. You come on, huge Chris. slam on Cardassians <laughs> in this Sorry. podcast. I apologize. Yeah. Come on, you're holding, you're holding them. Haters. You're condemning well, an entire race for the actions of a few malcontents, Chris. Yeah, you're right. Mm. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I apologize. I, I I resign my post. At, no, I don't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I she don't. Does, she she does give a great speech. She does a great. She gives a great speech. Maybe it's um, the Bajoran side of her that's the power hungry one. Maybe it's mm-hmm. maybe the maybe the yeah yeah. It could be. You never. You maybe know, our stereotype. Maybe it's the human one that's just messing things up. I think it's definitely the human one that's screwing up. You leave a human alone, they cause yeah. nothing but trouble. You know. <laughs> See, we can be specious if we're about ourselves. So. Speciesist. That's speciesist. Hey, you leave a human alone with like a perfectly functioning device, and you'll end up with scrap metal. Just give it time. It's true. Are you talking about Earth? And how we're doing to that? Because that's yeah, also they're going they're on. just too curious for their own good, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. Can't leave a good thing along those humans. Okay. The next, okay, I'm I'm gonna uh, yeah, write the train, yeah. Okay. write the train. The next thing, <laughs> I'm just gonna keep I'm gonna keep the train on its track. So then, um, uh, Quajon, the, so a distress a, call. There's a distress call. Uh, Commander Nellis is uh, experiencing some gravity uh, gravity instability. It is near Quajon, which is uh. Cleveland Booker's home planet. Right. Um, did we skip over Cleveland Booker's scene? He had uh, a scene. No, we didn't go to that yet, did we? That where, um, where he was going home? Um, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think we might have skipped over his scene, but he goes home um, and and to his planet. His, he yeah. has a little reunion with his nephew and his uh, cousin or whoever they are. And the, I noticed minute, that everybody the minute, on... The minute they were there, and that kid was so cute. The minute they were yeah. there at that tree, yeah. I was like... Hundred oh, no. percent. 
Hundred percent. Someone's or gonna have to yeah. like, oh, we're people. We're racking oh, yeah. up oh, some no. fodder here. I knew it. Yeah. Oh no, that's the next scene. That happens yeah. immediately after the distress call scene. Okay. Um. So right. then, uh, then Laura, uh, Laura Rillick, the president, uh, says, "I'm going with you to this distress call." And then Commander Burnin gets her panties in a bunch, and she's like, "She's just trying to tick a box." And blah, blah 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 blah. And then Admiral Van. Carrie, there's like, no underwear in space. Oh no, I'm sorry. Okay, that's Star that's Wars. Right. That's a different. That's, right. that's a different. And because that's and what George Admiral... Lucas told told Carrie Fisher. And Admiral Vance was like, well, maybe she is, maybe she isn't, but she, you can't tell her not to, so deal with it. Um, there <laughs> is, There was a line that he said, which is why I'm fast forwarding to this part, that I really, really liked that I wrote down and I was like, oh, that's a dig. That is a dig. <laughs> that is a dig. Because this is a line. <clears throat> and you, I'm going to read this line to you and you tell me it's not a dig, okay? An adept politician can be a very powerful tool when the world seems upside down. An adept politician can be a powerful tool when the world seems upside down. Hmm? You th well, I think he's, he's calling her for what she is, but you mean, so it's like a date. It's definitely a date. I mean, I think he's, he's like acknowledging that he's using I'm, her as a tool or they're using no tool, no right? i'm talking about this is a dig outside of the star this trek is an, universe this is an extra textual oh, dig this is an yeah. extra textual dig on like the who, politicians that we are have in oh, our I see, recent I see, I see. that's why i wrote that down i was like ooh I guess they I don't. They split that I'm in there. Kidding. It is. Who is it? that in there. Who is it a dig i i feel like I there's multiple ways you could interpret yeah how do you, how, well, how you do know you what? I did see this in the cutscene. So they said, what, what was the line, Carrie? It was, the it world says, can... An adept politician can be a very powerful tool when the world seems upside down. And then it was comma Liz Cheney. Liz, no, comma, Liz Cheney. <laughs> I don't, I don't comma, understand who is comma, being excavated with, with this line. Schmonald Schmrump. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it could be. It just doesn't so seem like it's really that. insulting anyone when I think about it. I don't think it's insulting. I think I just felt like there was some subtext there. It's some commentary like, on the state yeah, of our own. It felt politics. like a commentary yeah. to me. Sure, it felt sure, like sure, a commentary sure. to me. Okay. Like the world needs an adept politician when sure. when everything yeah. feels yep. like it's mm -hmm. in a state of chaos. And so I was just right. thinking about mm -hmm. that. <clears throat> yep. Regardless of your political beliefs. Yeah, we hear our call at the prime subjective. Uh, yeah. None yeah, of yeah. us have strong uh, political yeah. beliefs. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's not, it's not my political. It just I don't know. I'm thinking about that sentence, and it's so non-committal. Like it hinges mm. on a can, and that's kind of, I think, in the moment why I didn't really think about it twice because I was like, okay, mm -hmm. like a can. Mm. I don't know. It's not really a strong declaration of anything. All right. Sure. <laughs> it stood out to me. It stood just, out to me. That's all. It is like interesting. It like stood that. out to me. Mm -hmm. um, and and then, then they go to Quajon. Then they go to Quajon. And that's where we have the scene with with book. That's and his when they family. do the scene. That's when they do the scene with book. And that his kid family. is very cute. That kid who's like doing his first um, He's very cute. <laughs> communion. I don't know what that was, but yeah, it was a weird tree communion thing. Then they get like blood and sap of a tree. They get the blood of their relatives and the sap of the tree, and they wear it in a little necklace. 
And and the very um, heavy-handed Uncle Book, where is your necklace? Yeah, right. <laughs> that, that made me laugh. I was like, Come on. <laughs> like the kid was struggling to get the words out. <laughs> it was just such yeah. an unnatural. Well, the, and also the parallel that I have in my life when my nephews are like, Uncle Chris, why are why are why don't you say the prayer at dinner? And I'm just like, it's not for me. It's not for me. Um, but um. Do you guys notice that everybody on Quajon has a different Earth accent? Like, nope, not one person has the same accent yeah. as the other. Oh, that's going to be a fun <laughs> surprise when I get there. <laughs> different accent. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, whenever they cast someone with like a distinctive accent in some in the in any kind of science fiction or fantasy, I'm thinking of Bill Burr in The Mandalorian. Mm. Like, they just kind of yeah. brushed over that one, but does that mean there's an entire planet of like space Boston people? Space Bostonian. <laughs> <laughs> and then how horrendous is that? Yeah, Can we yeah, talk about how awful yeah, yeah. it is? A planet of dicks is what you're trying to say, and I agree. Uh, uh, yeah, but also like also the Romulans who protect Picard on Picard. One of them, she's one of them's Irish. Irish, she's yeah. Like dead it's Irish. Really weird. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> it's really good. She's Irish is a scone. Um, <laughs> So, so then after after the scene with Book that's setting up some uh, future tragedy, um, we then go to the crisis at the space station. Yep. Mm-hmm. Which is the name of the one act play that I wrote. Uh, <laughs> crisis, <laughs> at crisis at the space station. No, uh, <laughs> sexuality crisis at the space station is Garrick's play. No, but um. Oh my God, love Garrick. Amazing. But um, can we just talk about Garrick? Can my, we my, please? My Garrick. favorite, my favorite character in all of Star Trek podcasts, like only Garrick. He's just yeah. so sinister in like such an enticing way. He's just like, well, yeah. he's essentially like he's like Jafar, or you know, he's like a Disney style <laughs> queer coded villain. You know what I mean? I mean, uh, sinister. I, I mean, I don't know. I don't trust him. Okay, but also you I haven't watched a lot of Deep Space Nine, so I've got like three seasons. Right, right, right. Of, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. He will kill you before you even know who he is. I mean, yeah. yes, he will, but when his whole eh, thing right is that he's yeah. a tailor, but yet he was actually like Cardassian, like CIA or whatever. Yeah, same like, thing. Right? Tailor, right. soldier, spy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 oh my God, Derek! Derek can take a tailor, soldier, spy. It's really good, Carrie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, he was such a like wonderful counterweight to a lot of the 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 implied and acted out human smugness mm-hmm. because yes. the humans are, are kind of smug they're they're proud of what and they should be proud of what they've done in building the federation but it was nice to have a counterweight to that like, so is this what we're doing now it's just benevolent Gar- Eric for the rest of the episode here we're down. <laughs> chris chris i'm i'm so excited that you're making it through d space nine chris there's an episode very late in the show that is a kind of a, a two-hander between garrick and cisco and i'm not going to explain what the plot is it's so deep into the mythology of the show that I put... mud wrestling <laughs> no but it is it lots is... of heavy breathing but it's, it, it's very much what jay said where it's that kind of it's that it's that smugness that federation we're going to do this a certain way and how garrick is very efficient at kind of popping that smugness honestly in a very very kind of brutal way it's an excellent yeah. episode mm-hmm. yeah oh cool I, I can't i can't wait to watch yeah. as long as it doesn't have the same intensity of that episode where they um i know this is just cardassian it's not deep space nine but it's the one where they're trying to make picard say there are how many lights are there? <laughs> how many oh, lights there? there are four. There are four lights. lights. I can't even remember how many lights there are at this point. 
I know, but I, I, my little heart could not take. I, I usually skip that one if I do an extra rewatch because it's so intense. It's a lot. It it's a yeah. lot. He's yeah. so good. He's so good in that show and so good in that episode. But it's too much for my little heart. I can't. Understood. Yeah. yeah I can't take it. But uh, back to Discovery. Yeah, we got So they're there. They're trying to fix the space station. Time is. I mean, uh, time space has gone wonky. They're like, it's like. The space station is spinning out of control. They yeah, the gravitation. Control. Yeah, the gravity is messed up. It's very centrifugal. Yeah, <laughs> and then they have to they have to basically send some folks over there to to make it so that they can uh, get the people off the ship, uh, and they send over Adira and Tilly. Adira mm-hmm. and Tilly. Because yeah. Adira can like work Adira... with the programmable matter, right? Yeah. yeah, Adira is the only one on the ship that is of this time. Yes. So when That's, yeah they have anything like that's why tilly was like well i could do it but adira actually knows this stuff better so we'll just take them and uh adira adira to me looks like i don't know how old the actor is blue something the barrio yeah um, they look like 19 years old mm -hmm. like so young and i'm thinking is this sort of like a wesley crusher fill-in you know, well, like they also have the benefit kid. of being a trill, right? So then they get all the knowledge. Yeah, the trill of thing. Yeah, posts. they're very, very intelligent. Yeah. Um, I like the scene. We kind of skipped over this um, uh, from the beginning. I, I remember. I'm just gonna go back to the beginning real, real quick. <laughs> when when they were doing the chase scene, and um, um, Adira made me think of this, uh, and then Michael Burnham was going needing help from people in the oh, ship yeah. right, so right, right, right. so it was like all the teams how they right. work together to solve the problem so it's not just the one person doing this on their own like they're working mm-hmm. together as a and team and they got they I got a bingo that, for yeah. for having um stamets say heisenberg compensator which i really <laughs> here. Yeah. yeah that's a nice oh, another scene i really liked was when we're getting the initial assessment after approaching the distress call and the camera follows the flow of information yeah from like mm-hmm. it, it doesn't it doesn't cut from like officer and then officer and then another officer looks to get a reaction shot it was just one smooth swoop across the bridge and you got to see the flow of information We're like science officer says this tactical officer says this and then it comes to the captain mm-hmm. i know i that appreciate too. That. i really dug that yeah it's cool i dug that mm-hmm. it was fun it made it feel like alive and like you were in the moment getting these hits one by one yeah yeah they um they were shining a little bit of a light on um uh, people with anxiety and people who are not handling situations well, because we're always seeing people at the top of their game handling situation. Then we got this guy on the mm-hmm. space station who's like, "We're gonna go out there where there's no air," <laughs> and you know, because he's just, he's just, we have it's our only chance. It's like, but you're gonna die, sir. And he, and they have to like talk him down, <clears throat> stand off with a phaser. It's really intense. I know I'm yeah. skipping Tilly, a little bit here, but Tilly seems really sad in this episode. Um, she had a she had a conversation with Michael. And Tilly just seems off. Like I don't know if the actress had was like had a cold that day or what. <laughs> um, like that could be. One yeah. Like, <laughs> just like Sorry, why girl. are you so sad? Why are you so sad, Tilly? Maybe she like the new eye makeup they were trying on her in this. So and, like her eyebrows, intense. whatever they yeah. did, whatever. And this is not her fault. This is no. not her fault. I'm not mm. saying anything bad about this actress, but like mm-hmm. the makeup on her. For this episode was so heavy they're doing mm. a lot of heavy like browns on the lid they did it also for the president of the federation she's got some intense yeah mm-hmm. yeah too heavy wondering... too much for tilly too much for that girl because she's yeah. like a redhead fair skin that was too much makeup for her so that's my only criticism <laughs> I, so I was wondering 
I was wondering about that because like there was some like production stuff like on this episode that I thought that was really interesting because Jay was mentioning the direction earlier earlier and that scene that scene where the president gives the speech in this huge you know it, it's this very very large you know um uh you know kind of hall or whatever uh you know I guess in space because I was reading an article about how um, the Discovery production, they're borrowing some of the same, like, elements that, the like, the Mandalorian uses, where, like, these big virtual sets, you know? So, like, mm-hmm. this set that they that they filmed this, this scene on is, like, lit in a very, very specific but different than what they're used to way, and it's this really kind of cavernous set, and even as a, before I even realized what I was looking at, I was just like, this is a large set, like, what are they, this is crazy, like, what's going on with this? And then the cameras are kind of, like, moving around and following people and all that kind of stuff, and I was noticing some of the makeup stuff as well almost as if they were like we're not 100 sure how heavy we need to do this because of the fact that we're trying something so brand new here when we're doing this it was it, it was a very very impressive yeah. effect I, I i it just might be some of the kinks they're kind of working out could be I think yeah it could be yeah um uh, if i if i may say something about the distress about the uh the distress call at the space station scene saga this is where the episode kind of started to grate on me because there are a lot of cool things they had to work with. A lot of cool things. The, the yeah. space station commander having a panic attack, but still being in command and still mm-hmm. like holding power nominally while Adira and Tilly were there was very interesting. That, yeah. that, there's so much cool stuff going on there with Adira and Tilly having to manage this man, but like not having to upset him, but trying to do things he doesn't want to do. And Burnham kind of being powerless on that end until she decides to go over there herself. And also the Federation president breathing down her neck. Mm-hmm. being a pain in the butt and second guessing her um and they just didn't leave anything unsaid and had characters ask questions that were very ham-handed like i I groaned out loud when when burnham took the federation took uh relic president relic into into the ready room and said like did you lie to him like as if as if if the the idea of lying to someone who is willingly risking their crew's lives because is it all like reprehensible no of course you lie in that situation to to get the man who's having a panic attack to calm the fuck down yeah (laughs) of course you do and then the burnham relic dialogue could have been like played a lot more artfully um and when and i'm i'm still somewhat early in the show so when when Burnham seemed unremorseful for and 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 quite frankly just not willing to own up to how much risk she had put her crew into, it really made me well, feel. Well, that is just on par for her character. She's like constantly yeah. just like it's going tough, off. Though. But it it's is, tough yeah. because yeah. because the series starts with her making that that gamble and it right. going horribly wrong horribly at the battle wrong. of binary, yeah. binary stars, mm-hmm. and it just feels like. After that grand, colossal, world-breaking yeah. failure, yeah. that very little has been learned. I agree with you. I think that's why some people have a problem with her character. I like that they named. I like this look that it was uh, called Kobayashi Maru, though, because yeah. they bring into this theme like she was very much doing this on in this episode, but then they bring into this theme of like a no-win scenario. It's like, right. listen, sure. mm-hmm. listen, you cannot keep doing this there is sometimes a no-win scenario and she just won't accept it won't accept it she never is going to accept it which is also something that kirk did as well kirk was always quick suggestion we get a new improv team called kobayashi maru and we only (laughs) take bad suggestions yes we only take the suggestions that are awful 
But Chris, there yes. are no bad suggestions. That's yeah, true. right. That's yeah. only bad improvising. It's, 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 it's only like bad. The <laughs> show I did, where our suggestion was spooky sangria. There's no it's, bad, yeah. no bad it's suggestions. It, it, it's about what you do with the suggestions that have been given to you. I know. Once again, right. I have no yeah. improv training, so uh, thank you for <laughs> I'm, that. I'm, 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 I'll try. I'll try. I'll try and wrap up the thing I was saying earlier. Yeah, where, oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't know sorry, if this sorry. is a reasonable thought or not, but I feel like good prestige television tries to leave a fair amount unsaid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah. because when intelligent characters and intelligent people talk to each other, they often do leave a lot unsaid. Yep. Yeah. And I just haven't gotten that in the show. There can be. I I, I agree with that because there can be sort of um, a hallmark Netflix level of like communication in those in the, in the inside of the script writing. You know what I'm saying? That what mm-hmm. you were saying basically. There, there is a little bit of the too much you know, uh, show don't tell kind of thing. Like, you, yeah, too, a little, a little too much. I, I agree with that. But also at the same time, that's something that I kind of like about discovery is that people are communicative or about, okay. about Star Trek. I mean, not just discovery mm-hmm. because I, I get frustrated when I'm watching shows and I'm just like, this whole plot could be solved if somebody just talked to the other person. Yeah, like sure. that is, yeah. this is how this, we got into this situation. And that is the most frustrating for me. And I think those plots mm, yeah. uh, specifically mm-hmm. are more frustrating because I'm like, mm. this. what story is this? All they had to do was just talk to each other. Yeah, all they, all they do is have Haley Joel Osment look at Bruce Willis and say, you're dead. You're dead. I, guess, brief, I get it. Yeah. Like a brief tangent, how depressing was Bruce Willis's character's life that he didn't realize he was dead for days? Yeah. Like how, <laughs> how incredibly sad and lonely. He goes to yeah. a dinner with this like estranged wife and they're just sitting there for like over an hour like, with yeah. nothing going on. And he's like, yep, this is my normal life. Nothing could be wrong. <laughs> It's a, how it's a, incredibly depressing yeah it's a good movie it's agree good. god agree we're of course Hard talking agree about on toy that. story 3 um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's about the, woody's very cut. messy divorce yeah this this tom snyder cut of toy story 3 um <laughs> i'm just taking the nostalgia trip tom. back to when i'm just taking this now nostalgia trip back to when bruce willis was actually giving performances in movies oh he still shows yeah. up in movies Ooh, all the time snap. but oh, i'm coming snap. for you bruce and we Shots have a Bruce Willis burn button. We are coming. We are coming for you, Bruce Willis. Do watch out. And we just have like an air horn, like ba 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 ba. Bruce Willis burn. Yeah. You've Bruce never been burn. in any episode of Star Trek. Bruce Willis okay, burn. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try. I know. I know. I've been like the main offender of the tangent express. It's been that a group effort. It's been a group it really effort. Has, yes. I do want to talk about Commander Nellis. Yes. Okay. Go for I do want to talk about Commander Nellis because I knew he was going to die. I knew that scene mm-hmm. was like, oh this is like a red shirt thing because they kept mm-hmm. talking about his homeland and how he wanted yeah. to get home and they had this whole thing and I'm like, oh, he's dying. Yeah, like, yeah. this is yeah. what this is. This is what this scene is. This All is he... the Star Trek, we're yeah. going to kill this person I, scene. Yeah, I, I laughed uh-huh. when he died because I just didn't get why he had to, like, what purpose it served. Like, it didn't right. seem sure. at all necessary. Or instead, of, instead of the conversation, I think, with um, Burnham and the president about, because Burnham is hard on herself because he did die. Yeah. And, and the president's just like, actually, that's like you, you had the best possible outcome of what just happened, basically. And you have to accept that there is going to be loss um, when you have a leadership role. I don't know. It's, uh, I think that is what maybe it's set up, but I, I agree with you that 
the minute we started getting backstory, it's the same thing that happens on reality television, by the way. If you're like before like the big competition part, they're like, you tell a sad story about your life. Oh, you're going home that night. Oh, this okay. is the guy that's going home. Oh, I always yeah, yell yeah. that. Yeah. I'm like, you know what? They talk to this person an awful lot in this episode yeah, and they never out. talk they're to them out. before they're in any before other episode. <laughs> and this person's going home. Yeah. So we can, let's skip forward to after the, after the crisis and the space station. Yes, so they solve the crisis in the space station, and then and so Carrie, what happens then? Well, then they immediately oh, they're sad for a little bit. Mm-hmm. They're sad for a little bit, and then uh, Michael Burnham is like, oh, like three people are four people are injured and three people are dead, and that's when they have the whole Kobayashi Maru mm-hmm. no win scenario. This is a ridiculous, but that's kind of a ridiculous scene too. I I don't know if I love that scene because like oh, I was looking for you to captain another ship, but like she didn't want that. Nobody oh. wanted, nobody, that was never in the cards for anybody. So why yeah. did she even care about being rejected for being a captain for another ship? And then this is another <laughs> thing that people don't, <laughs> people don't like about Michael Burnham. It's like, why are you so offended by everything all the time? Like, mm-hmm. this is the other thing mm-hmm. about this character. Can mm-hmm. you just take a critic? Can you just take, you grew up yeah. on Vulcan. Can you just logically take a criticism? Like, that's, have that's you learned point. to yeah. do that yet? I mean, come on, Mike. I do think that the way she behaves this way because she she's for so long did put away her emotions. So I think yeah. the reason she is volatile is because she bottled shit up for many years. Mm. Yeah. And now yeah. she's got trouble it. keeping it all inside. Yeah. I mean, she's and I can't relate it all to that. But, <laughs> but uh, there's a but there's that one that one particular line in that exchange where the where where the president relic says like says that you know i wouldn't i'm not going to give you command of the ship and then burnham says well respectfully i wouldn't have taken it anyway yeah <laughs> which is just yeah. the ultimate insecure line you can throw yeah. out in the middle of that, that argument just you can't fire me i quit yeah. 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 yeah really seemed this odd so reminded of me of what probably the theme of the episode is if there was a theme it was probably it's probably about balance because you can't like even they were talking about that on Kaminar, um, mm-hmm. how you can possibly balance your your he wanted to balance his life on Kaminar with his right. life on Starfleet. He couldn't do that thousands of years ago, but now he can. And so we're learning about how to balance. And now Michael Burnham has to have has, is having this whole Kobayashi Maru mm-hmm. um, uh, conversation. Like there has to be a balance. You cannot you cannot win everything. So mm-hmm. I thought that was I thought that was an interesting part of that uh scene um yeah and then quajon exploded and the st- killed <laughs> <laughs> yes quajon exploded that was like, incredible that was great and then everybody died on quajon except for booker and he goes yeah. They're all dead, and the sh- and it's like, yeah. How do you react? He did have a single, like, he had a single tier thing going single on too. Tier. Like, yeah. I guess, how do you react if you're up in space on the moon and you watch Earth explode? How you would be like, uh, yeah. uh. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, um, yeah. I thought that was, I thought that was a. We we still don't have a quite of a reason why, right? Like, did I did I? Well, I think it's related. We don't know it's why. Related, related to the, to the gravitational stuff. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, cause I mean, uh, Jay, to your point, you know, about how this is a show where very few things are left unsaid. It's it, it, it like the, that's the kind of thing too, where it almost just feels like, it's like, I feel like it's more powerful for someone to say nothing as opposed to someone to just say they're all gone. Cause it's just like, mm-hmm. yeah, I know. I'm seeing the same thing you are. Yeah. I get yeah. it. They're all gone. Yeah. You know? You're yeah. right. Just him staring without just, yeah. saying anything might've been better. Yeah. yeah. I, like, I kinda... how do you react? I don't, I don't know how I would react. It's like, so it's like a, it's past the threshold of awful. 
so yeah, you don't actually yeah. like it's like how do you even re what would your what would your body do it would yeah. be you wouldn't be able to do anything now what if that actor had said decided to start hysterically laughing that's his choice his first father <laughs> they're all gone they're all gone and then like doing like twiddling his fingers and then he pets his cat he does have a cat, so. <laughs> does have cat. <laughs> maybe i'm a bad person but i kind of laughed when Quajon got destroyed because like i don't know you don't have to do like this this show constantly goes over the top to try and illustrate how horrible something is but mm -hmm. without they really like making it yeah. human first like okay we saw like a fun like tree ritual that's like mm -hmm. nice and they're natural good people and then they're dead it did feel like it was kind of like it could have been a, like if they that scene from space falls when one of the planets explodes right or, 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 or i got it wrong because that's all the air gets sucked out of the planet right and all the trees mm -hmm. right yeah. the giant the giant the made yeah yep mm -hmm. yeah just scratch fine. what I said then. Forget but, what I said. Well, I mean, it could happen to Earth. Like we could just fall out of the gra all out of gravity. We could just like, fall out of orbit or whatever and uh, explode. Yeah, it can well, happen. I guess what what, what <clears throat> I'm really what I'm thinking about, and I think why I kind of laughed is like that's not important. Like, is 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 are there going to be like big political ramifications or cultural ramifications from Quajon not being around for the rest of the show? Right. Or is it just to illustrate that there is something menacing on the horizon that we're supposed to care about? In which case, like you can just say that's going to happen. That there's something. Are we going like, to end up doing coming. time travel again? Like, are we doing another time travel thing? Are we doing another? Like, we can't do that. So I think the planet is yeah. just dead. We can't. We can't do another time travel theme. We can't do another parallel universe theme. We've already done that. They got to do something different. It's, yeah. It, you know, it, it kind of reminds me of like in um in like you know. In, in like a superhero movie like in a marvel movie and all of a sudden like something's attacking the city it's turning over yeah. buildings oh my god it's going to kill a bunch of people it's like well it just knocked over that building i mean it did just kill like uh, like 500 people like right yeah. now like are right. we going to feel anything about that or what yeah i feel like it's hard star trek does a in general often often struggles to make the audience comprehend that something is dangerous or scary mm -hmm. in part because Usually the, the threat only lasts for one episode. And so in your mind, you yeah, kind of sure. go like, oh, this is going to be yeah. resolved in 45 minutes. And also because you kind of get used to seeing like, okay, this planet is being like destroyed and buildings are being destroyed. But there's no like human cost really because yeah. you don't know any of the people. There are only right. a couple of instances where they do a good job. One is the Borg. Yeah. Um, yeah. Borg were legitimately terrifying in Next Generation. I was just thinking about that. I was just thinking about the Borg when you were saying that because that's some a criticism that I have of Star Trek is like sometimes they go through these horrific things like mm -hmm. the Borg is just destroyed the whole planet and everybody is Borg now and mm -hmm. they're tearing mm -hmm. apart their things and they're Borg and then they're not Borg and then they're Borg again and they're just it's so deep and dark but it's not always played that way and they're just yeah. like okay we're fine it's like yeah he would be yeah. fine or, or even contact, referenced though, again yeah yeah first contact did a great job of portraying you know picard's complete ptsd from his yeah. from being locutus and uh and yeah. sorry chris how far along are you in deep space nine because that's my other example <laughs> Oh, I, you can spoil it for me. I'm not. I'm. Okay. I, uh, yeah. Is the, I mean, they make you sit in the Dominion War for more than two seasons. Like too long. Like, seasons. Oh my God, this yeah. Dominion War still going on. Like, let us just go on. It is, oh, wow. but there are all these little things that happen that bring it to life, that make mm -hmm. you understand how horrible it is. Like the okay. like the the ceremony where they look over the deceased list and somebody talks about how you know they talk that's about, true. 
Yeah, that's that was true. genuinely like that does more than showing a planet blowing up after. Yeah, it because says, even well, watching it, it's hard to watch because you're like, oh my god, more war! How long are they gonna do? Like, it's mm -hmm. like, it gets to you. It gets. And, to you. It's something that Battlestar Galactica did really well in that Ooh. they were constantly giving you the count of people who had died, and that number never. And we kept just kept going down. <laughs> but but <laughs> that's when, and that's when you understand why these characters who have. Who have served utopian ideals for so long would be willing to turn on them yeah sure and they'd accept the security risk right right no i mean it's it's the difference between you know treating an exploding spaceship as a prop versus an exploding spaceship as you know a loss you know like and they are very very different things you know storytelling wise and i think it's very easy to fall into the trap of treating it as just like it's a prop it exploded that's crazy that's exciting as opposed to just like that's a loss of life that's a this that's a Definitely, this scene also definitely reminded me of there was a lot of things in this episode that that hearkened that hearkened to another thing so mm. this hearkened to me uh <laughs> of um the first jj abrams movie when spock watches uh, uh Vulcan oh, yeah. explode yeah yes, it's a very absolutely. very similar scene yeah. and you're just like um yeah did Vulcan uh, just explode <laughs> right <laughs> uh what <laughs> right and, 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 <laughs> and 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 I think you know, and then the J.J. Abrams movies, I feel like, have their problems. I think, um, but like I, I felt like that was a choice that, yes, as we all do, that was a choice that I think <laughs> that might be the uh, nicest like, thing I've ever heard said about a J.J. Abrams movie. <laughs> um, uh, sorry, Mike. <laughs> sorry, Mike. All J.J. Abrams movies. Mike, let Mike no, finish this thing. No, no, no. <laughs> um, but I feel like that that was a choice that like I felt more or less worked, I think, in that first Star Trek movie because I liked the idea of what it did for Spock. I liked the mm -hmm. idea of tur turning this this pillar of a society that we knew from the original timeline yeah. and basically turning them into a culture of refugees. Like that yeah. was fascinating to me. Yeah. Um, I think it's yeah. I, I regret that the later movies kind of didn't really do much with that. But I mm -hmm. thought that was a really interesting jumping off point. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's also true. Character. It's also true that sometimes J.J. Abrams just likes to blow up planets. So whatever. Well, this, and, and that's uh, our Booker. second T-shirt. Yeah. 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 Sometimes J.J. Abrams just likes, likes to, blow to blow up planets. Up planets. Yeah. What well, what I would love to do um, is can you anybody have anything recommendations of things they are currently listening to? They would like to recommend. You know, listening to watching any recs of uh, yeah. things to share with. Uh, do we? Are we Janice. skipping over Trek in the News for time? We are Ooh. for time. Trek in oh, the okay. News, because there wasn't too much news anyway. We can come back to that next episode, I think. Okay. okay. Uh, I can make my recommendation fast. It's a comedy, improv comedy podcast called Mission to Six that oh, kind of yes. mixes Star that. Wars and Star Trek and, and includes other bits of sci fi. It's just improv fun. Yeah. I love that. Very well done. Cool. Uh, I'm going to recommend something also Star Trek if we're not going on Star Trek Overload, if only because, like I said, we've been going through uh, early next gen and some of it is just so painful that sometimes you're like, I kind of need a companion to this. We're just like, oh, remember that like lame episode? I'm not going to watch it again, but I prefer to listen to people talk about it because that's mm -hmm. how you get through it. Um, so there's a there's there's a lot of Star Trek podcasts out there, but there's one called Star Trek, uh, Star Trek The Next Conversation, which is really good because it's about like two. Yeah, it, it, it's two, you know, uh, you know, very uh, clever, like funny people kind of working their way through next gen and kind of, you know, and, and they have 
I think they're both like professional writers. They have like a little bit of that, like kind of storytelling, like kind of know-how going for them. And like, it's, it's, it's really strong podcast. It's very, it's very fun. It's very entertaining. And it's very, it's not one of those podcasts that's full of ums and ahs where you're just like, oh, you could have cut this 10 minutes down to five. It's, uh, Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's. It's nice. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry, Mike. Out. I'm trying. Uh, no, no. Yeah. no, I was, I was, I was He's about like, to. You guys suck at this. I no, no, no. I was about to. No, no. You I mean, see. No, I was, I was arriving at the point where I brought it back to myself and was basically just like, unlike myself, who is. We're just gonna cut out all that right now for no reason. We're just gonna cut out all that Bruce Willis stuff that we did. We did about That's 15 fair. minutes of Bruce That's Willis. That was the best Willis. part. Yeah. <laughs> We're gonna cut up Bruce Willis, but add in ten more minutes on Garrick. I think that's yeah, think Garrick. We, agree. That's what we, we went win, for like fifteen I mean... minutes on Garrick, ten minutes on Bruce Willis. So, I mean, I mean... That's a even good if you trade. did, even if you did that trade in the middle of the sixth sense, I would still consider that an improvement. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. That Shyamalan, Shyamalan burn cowbell. Ding yeah, I, I really, <laughs> at some point, we're going to do dive on what, whatever Bruce Willis did to Mike Henley because clearly it was bad. And <laughs> I would love to know about that, but not tonight. Not tonight. Carrie, do you have any recs for us? Any recommendations? Yeah, I've been really, I've been really enjoying um, the Delta Flyers podcast with Tom oh, yeah. and Harry. Oh, nice. nice. And that's Robbie Duncan McNeil and um, uh, Garrett Wong. Garrett Wong. He says Wong. Wong, I think. He says Wong? Wow. He says Wong. It's an A, though, right? Um, I'm not, I'm not. It, it is, is an A, a but okay. he pronounces it Wong, so good. I'm not. He's, sure he's right. I'm wrong. That's good. And they're just going through every single episode of Voyager and talking about it. They've been doing this, like, throughout the 2020. They've been doing it over a year now. <laughs> so, and they're still going on. They watch one a week, and I, I, I really enjoy them because they don't remember it because it's been 25 years, so they have no idea about any of these episodes and so it's like sort it's sort of like they're watching it for the first time and remembering things so you get some good facts uh uh insider information of like how the shows have been running and what what the deal is Uh, so i think that's really cool to get that sort of insider info on how the star trek is made and I, um, how about how about Zach to the future, where Zach Morris is watching every episode of Saved by the Bell? Because <laughs> um, okay. also Zach Morris doesn't remember anything of Saved by the Bell either. Uh, Mark yeah, Paul Gossler well, is like goofballs back then. He, probably, well, so. he was like a kid. It's like trying to remember <laughs> what you did in middle school, like every single day sure. of your life in middle school. Like he was just a kid. He's like I, I don't know, I don't yeah. know, I don't remember any of this. I was just a kid, so right. that's fun. And then the other podcast I like that we were talking about earlier, because I'm a big Dune fan. I like Dune. Yes. So yes. Uh, it's called um, El, uh, Last Podcast Network, Last Podcast on the Left Network. Uh, it's just oh, cool. on Spotify, Deep Dives Dune. Oh my God, this guy, so crazy about Dune. He could get, he'll get you really excited about Dune, even if you have don't like it or don't know anything about it. So. I love that. Pretty That's cool. great. So I love those three podcasts. I'm gonna. I, I've listened to Delta Flyers a couple times. I enjoy them, and I'm definitely gonna check out the Dune one and Zach to the Future. You'll have to let me know how that continues to go. So, uh, so do Mike and I. So hold on, hold on. Do Mike and I get to go back for seconds and thirds? Sure. You, there's no limit. There's no. There's no minimum or maximum. You're good. No minimum or maximum. So my recommendation is a book. It's called Dianetics, and it was written by. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I, wouldn't, I don't recommend that book. I do recommend, recommend another Star Trek podcast that I listen to a lot of over quarantine called The People vs. Star Trek Voyager, where um, these Ooh. these three guys who are from the Shadow Public Radio Network 
uh, go through and they uh, re-listened it. They, they rewatched from the beginning. Two of them have seen the whole thing. One of them has not seen it. And then they basically do this weird thing. They, they like write a script where they're like, I don't know, they're like a judge and jury and they are rating whether or not the episodes are good. And then they like rate whether the whole season is good. And it's, it's really fascinating because um, mm -hmm. they've got some very differing ideas. And I guess my other recommendation would be a great book by somebody who I think is fantastic. This guy, his name's R. Eric Thomas. Uh, and the book is called Here For It. It's a really wonderful memoir. And um, he, uh, I just highly recommend it. It's, it's, it's a good good read of, um, of a very smart, funny, kind person. Um, and that's All my right. Excellent. I would like to say for the record that I also read. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was doing a big flex on the one book I read this year. <laughs> big flex. <laughs> Reading is a flex in this day and age. I know, I know. And reading, honestly, it is. And and really, I have it on audiobook too. But I did read this one physically, um, with my eyes, because that's how you read. From <laughs> that's what the I ultimate. understand, that's the ultimate. Any plebeian I, can listen to a book. <laughs> I would like to say that I also read, but I only read reviews of podcasts. So. Oh. <laughs> That's I only read snake, YouTube the comments. The snake is eating its tail. The snake is eating its tail on that one. He only reads reviews on podcasts that have really trashed Bruce That's right. Willis. That's right. Um, That's right. <laughs> but on that note, my friends, uh, I want to say thank you for joining me again. Uh, we've This has been uh, the Prime Subjective, the Star Trek podcast. And I hope you have a great uh, rest of your week. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Kapla. Kapla. Kapla.